You are listening to Leadership on the Ground, Season 5, The Realities of Leadership. Throughout Seasons 1 through 4, you have learned about the fundamental skills required for leading yourself, leading teams, and leading at the organizational level. Now, we are ready to explore a series of contemporary issues and discuss the pragmatic realities that leaders are challenged with today. Leadership is a skilled profession. If you want to succeed in today's world as a 21st century change-ready leader, you will need to have conscious discipline and be ready to put into practice many of the elements that are talked about here. This series is made possible by the international best-selling book, Leadership Rigor, your guide for achieving breakthrough performance and productivity. And now, here are your hosts, Erica Pietler and Todd Schnick. Good morning and welcome back to our special edition series, Leadership on the Ground, Season 5, The Realities of Leadership. And as always, I'm joined by my friend and colleague, Erica Peetler. Good morning, my friend. Looking forward to this one. I am looking forward to this as well. Good morning, Todd. Good morning to you. Uh, So episode six, your people will leave you for good and bad reasons. Boy, talent, so important in all this. Uh, So looking forward to this conversation. Before we go there, however, remind the audience about what's in store with the realities of leadership. Yeah, in seasons one through four, you're you're exactly right. We put together the fundamentals that really need to be in everyone's toolbox who wants to genuinely have the discipline to create a leadership practice and advance themselves, advance their teams, advance their organizations. In season five, we're going to put this capstone on the Leadership on the Ground series by addressing the six pragmatic realities that leaders have to be able to embrace and deal with as they evolve and grow and, you know, continue to choose and serving in uh, a leadership capacity. There are probably some fantasies that a lot of people have with respect to leadership, and it's probably different than what it takes to lead today. Leadership can be really at the same time frustratingly hard and surprisingly easy. It can be intensely emotional and irrationally rational all at the same time. So if you're a Ferris wheel ride participant, this is probably not going to be your game because you got to fasten your seatbelt and get ready for the roller coaster. All right. Well, thank you for that. All right. So people will leave you for good and bad reasons. Uh, Leaders, I think they have to be so focused on talent. And I just worry that there's way too many people in leadership positions that are not doing that. Yeah, you got to be focused on this uh, in, a, in a big way. And it's not just about being focused. I mean, you need to be consciously disciplined with this and you have to have a philosophy and practices around your talent approach. Um, what do you believe in? And then how do you help your organization have practices to help support your talent, recruitment, onboarding, development, and retention strategies? See, I think... I think there is a, in so many organizations, there is such a missed opportunity with their HR department. They see it more as processing vacation leave and sick leave and running the payroll and all that. But there is so much more that, that a typical HR department could do. And that, that reflects leaders focus on it or not, right? Yeah. Well, in today's, um, one of the realities I think of, of leadership today is the leader call it the CEO, general manager, and that leaders' direct reports are becoming so much more personally engaged in the entire talent development process that, you know, it's no longer an HR function. HR plays a great supportive role in enabling the practices and executing the practices. And I agree with you, there's tons for HR to do there. But I really believe that today, those enlightened leaders that we were talking about are hands-on, really engaged in this process. And 
they're willing to hire more so now for cultural fit and train for technical skills. Because I think we've all kind of come to this realization that, you know, the behaviors and the cultural fit are always going to be so much more important than the technical skills. If we have people with great technical skills, but they don't have the behaviors to match what we're looking for in the organization, we're in trouble. And that leaders have to always be looking for talent, formally and informally. You know, that puzzle we talked about yeah. with talent, right? You know, and, and this concept of replacing it for a war. You know, I think we're surprised now at where we find talent. And I think we have to be open to non-traditional venues and ways to bring people into the organization. When you talk about talent philosophy, I, I worry that a lot of people are going to hear that and not really understand what that means. I mean, I, hey, I have a job to fill, so I'm going to put out a, 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 a job query and, and process some resumes and hire someone. Isn't that my philosophy? You know, it's a, it's a great question. So, you know, one of the things that I try to help organizations think about is not just a job description, but really thinking about personality, skills, and behaviors that are associated with your organization. Organizations have a personality. They have a core set of skills, not just the job, but the core values, like, for example, uh, communication or working with a sense of urgency or having uh, initiative. There are core skills sometimes that are required of every employee to be a part of that organization, maybe some natural curiosity that we can't teach. So when an organization has some clarity on the philosophy of what talent looks like that's going to be a great fit in their organization, the other part of the process of filling the job per se becomes almost secondary. Well, we talked last season about the, that a leader's role is, a, is the talent magnet. Yep. And you know, how they operate and how they, what their philosophy is with this and creating an environment, a safe place for the talent to do its job is, is all part of that, right? Yeah, the reality is that for you to be a great leader and being a great leader, creating a legacy, it's all about the people that you are touching, developing and enabling for the future. And you really have to take some risks today as a leader with talent. You can't be afraid to stretch or put people in some really big assignments that may even be over their head. I think the key piece in working with talent today is make sure, again, that those motivations and those inspirations are aligned because the reality is, as a leader, I may think, hey, Todd, you'd be great in this role. I could see you doing this role. And this is in no way, shape, or form what you see yourself doing. And now we have a disconnect and I'm going to try to push you into a role and you don't want to disappoint me if I'm your supervisor versus if we have that conversation and our goals are aligned and it's a stretch that you want to take and I create the conditions for you to experiment and learn in that area then it's win-win. But if I overstretch and I make my goal your reality, mm -hmm. I might lose you, right? I might lose you for a bad reason. Well, thinking of other ways to, to lose people for bad reasons is when the leader is not an advocate oh, for this, his or her people. Talk, this, talk about that. This is so key, right? You have to be an advocate passionately believing and putting your people in the situations where they can thrive and be successful. And if you don't do that, you know, if you don't create those entry points for them, if you don't create that visibility for them, they're going to leave you. The challenge is, how are they going to leave you? Are they going to leave you emotionally, where they start to become disengaged, where they come to the office, but they're not giving you that discretionary effort? That's the worst way to leave, and that's the way that we hope people never leave. We don't want that. Or will they leave you physically? Will they just say, you know, hey, this is not what I'm looking for. This is not, you know, what I'm all about. I need more recognition. I need more challenge. So, you know, being that advocate to me says, as a leader, you understand the motivation and you understand the inspiration 
and you are pushing to create that sense of opportunity for your talent so that both of those can come together. Walk through a couple of quick ways to be a better advocate for your people. So being an advocate for your people is, uh, especially if you're on the leadership team, you know, get to know the talent, right? You know, get to know what their career aspirations are, get to know where some of their pain points are, where some of their gaps are, and start to socialize with your leadership team opportunities to close those gaps so that that talent can be a more well-rounded talent in the future. A lot of organizations are engaged in practices like succession planning, like individual development plan approaches, where they really are paying attention to how do I get this employee or this talent from this phase in their career to that phase in their career. And an advocate for that talent will look for those opportunities, stretch them in some projects and some roles, maybe give them visibility in a meeting to really showcase that they do have some of those emerging skills. So really setting up the opportunity to take advantage of real-time experiences to showcase them. Okay. Erica and I will return after this short break. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by the new international best-selling book, Leadership Rigor. This groundbreaking book will turn everything you think you know about leadership upside down. Leadership Rigor explores how to achieve breakthrough performance and productivity through leading yourself, leading teams, and leading at the organizational level. Author Erica Piedler outlines for her readers how to become change-ready leaders. Change-ready leaders are capable of embracing challenges with agility and optimism because they have the tools, models, and language to assess structure, and facilitate solutions. Leadership is a skill that can be learned and practiced. Take the rigor challenge and ask yourself, do you want to lead mindfully and skillfully? Or do you want to subject your teams and organizations to your unstructured thoughts and approaches? The choice is yours. Will you rigor it? You can purchase Leadership Rigor on Amazon or by visiting ericpeedler.com. All right, Todd Schneck back with Erica Peetler. So we were talking about being an advocate for your team right before the break here. I mean, uh, there's another way to be an advocate for your team, and it's a very tricky one for a lot of leaders, but that's to encourage them sometimes to leave for outside opportunities that you cannot provide for them. And that's a that's a scary move, but wow, think of the power that that brings to you as a leader when you do something like that. That's a great point. You know, that's why this episode is called People Will Leave You for Good and Bad Reasons. You know, a good reason to leave you is they have a great opportunity that you can't offer. And you can try to do the selfish thing and encourage them to stay, match the salary, make them feel guilty, you know, do all sorts of things. Or you can say, you know what, that's a great move for you and that's fantastic. And just so that you know, you know, if you want to come back and we have another opportunity in the future when things open up, you know, I hope maybe our paths will cross again or we'll have an opportunity to work again. But you can't hold back a great growth opportunity. And that's a relationship and a connection and a friendship that's going to go on well beyond that one assignment. Well, what's the line? Uh, if you love something, set it free. Absolutely. Because I mean, that's amazing how many times as I've observed business all these years, how often that happens, that yeah. someone does leave and frankly, where they go doesn't pan out. And so they come back. Exactly. It happens all the time. It does. And I mean, think of the direct person benefiting from this opportunity that they're now allowed to seek. But think of what that does for the team that's still around in terms of building trust and you know, creating that environment where you feel comfortable. I mean, it has all kinds of benefits. It does. You know, sometimes and, and some of the common ways that this tends to happen is you know, go back to the days of uh, Jack Welsh and GE or some of these really big companies. 
only one person can be a CEO at a time. Right. And yet three people can be ready. So, you know, what do the two people do who were ready for that opportunity who didn't get that CEO role? They go to another job and they get another CEO role. Same thing at the senior leadership level or at the department level, depending on the scope of the job. But, you know, you want to encourage ambition and you want to let people develop as fully as they can be. And sometimes if we try to hold them back, that is not the right thing for us to do. When someone has left you emotionally, I want to explore that a bit further. I mean, is there anything you can do to kind of solve that problem? I mean, because that, that ends up being a, a, a big negative for the organization when you have someone that's, that's left emotionally. I mean, uh, is there any way to turn that around? Mm, you know, it's, an, it's a mood killer. It's a morale killer. It's a real problem. You know, to me, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a high impact kind of leader. So if someone leaves me emotionally, that is not something that I'm going to be okay with. So I'm definitely going to confront something like that and engage and say, you know, where did we fall off the rails here? What went wrong? What do we need to do to re-energize you? And I am going to try to engage and, and solve that challenge. If I can't, however, I am probably going to try to see if that person wants to move on to another opportunity because their lack of emotional connectivity or energizing focus is going to have a negative impact on other people as well. So, you know, as a leader, the reality is you're managing individuals, you're managing teams, you're managing communities, and, you know, you have to be able to address those challenges. Now, sometimes the fingerprints are on me. You know, I demotivated that person or there's something about the environment and the conditions that I actually can change that I want to have feedback on. So, you know, initially, if they leave me emotionally, I want to be curious about that. I want to understand, is there something personally going on? Did I do something? Can I fix it? If it's just not the right place for that individual because it's not a good fit culturally, then I'm willing to have that adult conversation and I want that person to be able to say, this is just not my thing. I'll say, hey, take some time. Let's look for another opportunity for you or let's part in a real positive way. I always try to look for the opportunities when you have a situation like this. And if someone has left you emotionally, I mean, that's an opportunity to do something good, Absolutely. right? It's either maybe the time is right to make the decision that they need to separate from the organization, or there's a chance that you can do something to help them or help yourself too. Because as you yeah. said, maybe the fingerprints are on you on this one. Yeah, and the, the, only, the only advice that I would say is wrong for you to do as a leader is if they disengage, disengage on you, don't disengage on them, right? right? So, right. you know, anything, anything other than the mutual disengagement would be a positive step. Right. Any other reasons we ought to discuss about why people will leave for good or bad reasons? Yeah, a couple. I mean, you know, you, you want to make sure you're, again, doing your job as a leader. So, you know, your vision isn't clear. You're not consistent in the way that you're executing, you know, your strategies or holding people accountable, either technically or behaviorally. You're not committed to people. You're not developing people. High potentials will leave bosses who don't really do their job. You know, your job is to create that vision and, and that, that atmosphere for us to thrive in. So that's a very big risk why uh, high potentials will leave. I think the biggest thing, though, that we got to watch out for as well is you know, when people say, they come to us and they say they're leaving for money, right? Mm. I got a better offer. I got, you know, X dollars more. I can't walk away from it. It's just too much. You know, I took a pay cut to come here and, you know, now I'm getting this big opportunity. To me, that's really a telltale sign that something mm -hmm. else is going wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not really about money. I mean, if it's that much about money, then, you know, you just brought someone in at the wrong salary right, and that was right. just a bad move. That's a rarity. Usually it's the career is not clear. The business model is flawed. And I don't believe in how we're doing business right now or that we can be successful. 
or the environment is not fair and equitable. Usually money is the label that we put on this other reason that we really want to leave. And those are bad reasons to leave because those are all fixable things that we could be more engaged with. You're right. It's oftentimes a sign that there's something else at play there. But it it can also be, or or correct me if I'm wrong, it can also be a sign that this person wasn't the right fit because if money's all that matters to them, I don't want them in this organization. Yeah, I mean- If I've done everything else right. Exactly. I mean, money, if money is the only reason, if it's not about the spirit, if it's not about the culture, if it's not about the camaraderie, I mean, even in, you know, uh, jobs and roles where, hey, you know, you can really become a very wealthy person in industries and in some roles- But that's not the only reason because there's a lot of different ways that you can make money. You want to create some experiences and intangibles that people can have. Again, the legacy that we create for people is how do we invest in them? How do we train them? And the world is a small place. So you may be with me for one tour of duty. You may be with me for multiple tours of duty. But, you know, if you're going to leave me, I want you to leave me for good reason where I did everything that I could and then you just needed something more and different that I couldn't offer. I don't want you leaving because I didn't do my job. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But the final reality I want to talk about is the fact that people are going to leave for good or bad reasons. And gone are the days when you would join up with an organization out of college and stay there until you got the gold watch at 65 years old. It doesn't happen that way anymore. You're just going to have to recognize that in the modern business world, People are going to be moving around. It's a fluid environment. It is. It's a fluid environment. And, you know, what I say to uh, to some leaders who fret about this is, you know, back to the word that we've been using uh, this morning a lot, opportunity. A great employee leaves. There are other great people that are out there. Have confidence in what you offer. Have confidence in what you can attract. And don't think of it as a loss. Think of it as a net new opportunity. You know, managers, leaders, they fret over this concept of, oh, I have a vacancy and I got to fill that role. Now I need to do this work, do that it's an work. Opportunity. It's an opportunity and it's your job. You know, yeah. your job is to be a talent magnet, but also a talent developer. And that is a fluid environment and people are going to come and go and you just got to be able to surf with it. Well, if you're uh, enlightened as a leader, if you are doing the work that you're supposed to be doing, the recruitment of good talent and good people is going to be easier. Exactly, exactly. So remember that it all comes down to how are you showing up? Who are you as a realistic leader in the space? And if talent is not staying with you or talent is leaving you, time to look in the mirror and point the thumb, not the finger. Absolutely. All right. So that's all the time we have for today. Erica, should anyone have any questions, how can they contact you, learn more, and get their hands on a copy of Leadership Rigor? Yeah, you can get a copy of Leadership Rigor on Amazon.com. Feel free to follow me on Twitter at Erica Peetler, and the website address is ericapetler.com. All right. Thank you for that. So join us next week for our final episode of Season 5, Episode 7, The Leadership Journey Never Ends. So until then, and on behalf of myself and my co-host, Erica Peetler, thank you for listening. And we'll see you next week on Leadership on the Ground, Season 5.